someday. <laughs> so, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. <laughs> All the mamas in here, happy Mother's Day from me to you and um, all the mamas, all the grandmamas, all the single mamas, all those that want to be mamas, we honor you too. I have a dear friend that's walking that road, and um, it's just so, sometimes these days are hard for people, and some days they're amazing, and we just want to know, we just want you to know that we are glad that you chose to be with us on Mother's Day. We're so glad that you're here, and I want to remind you I have a little something special for you. Um, after service. So don't leave without picking up a gift from my heart to yours. Every year it's a tradition. I pick out one of my favorite things that I love and then I want you to have it. So um, be sure and pick that up when you leave. Yeah, and this started like before we even launched as a church. She said, I want to give all of our team, we had about 50 or 60 people then, I want to give all of our team something that I love. And she literally went through her jewelry and gave a piece of jewelry to every single woman uh, in our church. Some of you are here right now. You should be wearing it today. That'd be a great idea to wear it today. Uh, so every year she gives something that's special to her. So you going to tell them or not? You want to tell them what it is? Uh-oh. No? Okay. All right. I won't ruin that. All right. Well, here's what I want to do right now. I want to honor you, okay? Uh, as the mom of, of our boys, uh, as, as the mom of this church right here, I know you don't feel old enough to be that way, but you are, and you are... Okay, I have a microphone today, y'all, so Not I'm old okay. enough, you are a mama. I have gray hair. Easy, Magnino, okay. all right? <laughs> Take notes. You are. You're the mom, and we look to you for that. Uh, and as some people call her the first lady, come on, first lady who grew up with that. I'm okay with and, that. And we that. honor you today. And we have a, a gift for you that the church has gone together. We have a special lady going to come to present mama that Eve. to you. Mama Eve, happy Mother's Day. We have a very special Day. gift for you. Come on. No, that's amazing. From one mama to another mama. We love you, baby. Come on, would y'all give Christmas some love today? (laughs) Take me with you. You probably don't want to open that right now, do you? Okay. You know what? I'm going to put it right back here, all right? Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. I also want to say we're glad to have Brandy here today. Brandy, our our next-door neighbor and just our dear, dear friend, Brandy, we love you and there's Jet, and there's Gage, G-Man, and Brewer, or Bligabahaba, that's what I call him. Just glad y'all are here today. Thank you for yes, coming. Yes, dear friend. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, okay, so thank you for the, the gift. Did you pick it out? I have no idea what it is. Okay. <laughs> I, I remember my mom, my mom used to say, your father bought this ring for me, and my dad would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> She still does that. So this is where I say what every mother says, right? Like, you shouldn't have. (laughs) You shouldn't have done that. I remember my, um, my, my grandmother who is just, was my hero, just every, everything to me, a little spicy, little short, um, like just hot tempered Italian lady. Amazing. We call her Nanny Flo. I remember when we would give her stuff and she'd say, no, really, like, I've, I don't want to have anything else to clean. Because she cleaned every, like, all those little knickknacks that grandmas, you know, collect. Maybe y'all don't know about that. But she had, like, 85 kittens on a shelf. And she'd, she would literally clean them. And when she got too old to do it, she would hire us to clean those. So, um, but I remember she would, I remember when she would say that. And um, uh, so just this week, I repeated what she used to do um, with my kids. I, I said, Evan Davis, John, come in here. And we all sat down at, at the table, and 
um, the day before. We just had just a really sweet day. You know, there's those days where everything's just clicking. Everybody's getting along. You know, all the feels. I was in the kitchen, and I have two boys, so I don't ever have anybody in the kitchen with me. (laughs) And so they actually were in the kitchen with me talking and, you know, flew through making dinner, and that was so nice. And and it was just one of those days where I was just so thankful and felt. We all going to the gym. We went to the gym. Evan's working us all out together. together. We had wow. gone to eat, and it was just a sweet day. And I remember thinking, I am the richest person in the world. Like this is really all I could ever ask for. So what did I do? I pulled him in, and I said, Guys, I mean when I say this, I don't want anything. I don't want you stressing. I don't want money spent. What I have right here is everything. And um, so. I've repeated (laughs) what Nanny Flo um, had had done, and I understand it now. Just being together, that just let's just be together. Let's just eat, Uh, even when you're fussing. Like I told him yesterday, yesterday wasn't one of those good days. (laughs) So Davis, my 15 year old, has his permit, and we got him his car, and so he's he's practicing. And my oldest Evan is a wreck in the car, (laughs) and so John said. Oh, you know, steeplechase traffic was awful. We were in the middle of it yesterday, and I thought, this is a good experience for Davis. Oh, no. No. Evan said, Dad, I think somebody else should drive right now. <laughs> and so John says, hurry up, over to the left, over to the left. Well, Davis gets in, telling on it. In the like, left, the like the left. oncoming like traffic. Oncoming traffic left, so. And you can imagine, Evan, you know, it was just a really sweet time. And, uh, and so after we got home, I think they felt a little bad for getting, and I said, you know what, this is good too. It's okay. Family just, does this. It's good. So the I mean, really. So the days are the bad or days. Or the worst it's days. It's all good. And, and it takes getting older to really understand that. Can I hear an amen? It, it does. <laughs> it takes getting older to understand the importance of family. And today we're continuing our answer series uh, at Easter, Easter, we gave a survey and asked you to write down your top things you would like to hear us talk about or preach about or, and the questions you would like for us to answer. And this, this one tied with prayer. And we did prayer last week. I think there's a reason that prayer and family tied, right? Wouldn't you say that? Uh, they tied. And so today I think it's fitting on Mother's Day that we talk about family. And I want you to, I want you to make sure that you're not closing your mind and your heart off. This is going to apply to every single person. So you take tidbits of it and whatever applies to you right where you are. If, if it's your marriage, if it's your children, maybe your parents or your, your grandparents, maybe you're a single parent, uh, a single adult, you're wanting to get married, you, God, you don't want to get married, whatever it is. Just take what this is and apply it to yourself. I want to start off by saying this. Family has always been at the top of God's list. Family has always been important to God. You think about this, and if you're taking notes, uh, you, you can start taking them right now. Well, you ain't read no scripture. We may not for a while, okay? But we will be quoting enough, so get ready to take some notes, all right? Family has always been important to God. Think about this. After creation, when God was done doing his majestic work, who did he turn that over to? Not a king not a kingdom, didn't give it to government, didn't give it to education, didn't hand it to arts and entertainment. He handed it to family. Adam and Eve, here you go. Name it, steward it, take care of it. God chose family to steward his creation. 
I love it. Um, I love that God also chose family to establish his kingdom. And as a mama to boys, I love that God could have, but he chose not to come as a king, although he chose family to establish his kingdom. But check this out. Though family, through, through family, um, the father sent his son to give himself for a bride so that we could become children of God. That's family. And that's how he chose to do it. And I love that everything that he chose to do is, was so beautifully driven by love for his children. I love that. Everybody say father, father, son, son, bride, bride, children, children. That's good. He didn't build his kingdom with a king. He I love built that. it with a family. Yeah. And I, I believe that family is a kingdom in its own. How many would say that your family has a world unto its own? Right? Yeah. And it, 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 it works. It, 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 it doesn't work. It, whatever it is, it's, this, it's its own kingdom. And that's the way God established it. That you and I would have our little kingdom in your little house or your apartment or wherever you are. But then we would submit our kingdom to God's kingdom. And that we would want our kingdom to operate like his kingdom. And that's where the word of God begins to happen and becomes such a part of our life. The Word of God pulled right into our world. So our family, your family unit, whatever it is, is supposed to highlight, underscore, reflect God's will and God's ways. That's what's supposed to happen within our family. And so Chris and I have a couple of goals today, but one of those goals is this, for you to understand the power and the privilege of, of your family. I think we all get the responsibility, right? We get that. Like, oh, God, how am I going to do this? But for you to have a true understanding of the power that you have as a family and the privilege that you have as a family. Family is also a reflection of our personal relationships with God. And there are many scriptures um, in the, in the word that talk about this. And some of them that I think of are in Ephesians 5 and, and maybe chapter 6. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, respect your husbands. Amen. Amen. <laughs> as Christ is head of the church. Parents, teach your children as Christ teaches you. Children, honor and obey your parents as we honor him. It's a direct relationship. It's a, it's a direct correlation of our walk with the Lord and what comes out of that. As we are with him, we can then love, respect, teach, and honor. We can't do it, not the right way, if we don't spend time, first of all, with him. He fuels us. I cannot give love. I can't give honor and respect. I can't teach without first getting in his presence and letting him teach me, letting him instruct me. So it all comes out of relationship. I've read that scripture many times, but this week as Chris and I were preparing for this message, that kept coming back to us. Like It is a direct representation of our relationship with God. Husbands and wives and children and telling us. And here's what I've learned. I actually put this on social media this week. Here's what I've learned. Doing life God's way is not complicated. That doesn't mean it's easy, right? Amen? But it's not complicated. Doing family, God's way, is simple. Think about this, what we just said. Love, respect, 
instruct, honor. That's it. Love, respect, instruct, honor. I'm telling you, if we could get this right here, those four things, all marriage, family, parenting, sibling, would all be taken care of, all right? Can I hear an amen? Amen. Matter of fact, politics may be taken care of. We could just learn that right there. World's problems would be taken care of if we could just learn that right here. Love, respect, instruct, honor. And when we do things God's way, we are blessed. We're blessed because of it. I think sometimes we think about the commandments of God as being you better not, right? Because it's a lot of thou shalt not. But the commandments of God, the Bible says, are there to bless us. He doesn't put commandments in our life so we'll get in trouble. He puts commandments in our life to keep us out of trouble because he knows and he wants what's best for us And the scripture says, if you'll obey his commandments, you will be blessed. How many want a blessed life? But if you don't obey his commandments, you're going to be cursed. And I think we can blame a lot of people, a lot of things for stuff going on in our life when in reality we probably could go back to these things. Love, respect, instruct, and honor. And that's what blessed life has. And this is why Satan is after our families. I'm going to sound old school right now, but I'm going to tell you right now, the devil is after your family because he knows if he can disrupt and destroy and weaken the family, then it's open season on everything else. Everything else follows that. So that's why we have to be diligent in making sure that our families are becoming what God has intended for them to be how he created each of you and each of your children or your spouse or that group that you're in, the coworkers, whoever your people are. You have to be diligent in making sure that that it's what God intended for it to be. It was his idea. Being what he intended the family to be and doing what God intends the family to do. Not cookie cutter. I really, really, really really want to stress this. It can't be books. I read books. I love books. Books are great teaching you how to raise your family. And like John said, I never got the book on how to do things right. I don't have that book yet. But, um, but just being very careful to even some leaders or people that you look up to people that you admire, being very careful not to try to do it that way. Families, you know, there's some families in my life that it's like, Oh, they're incredible. Like I just, if I could just do it like she does, if I could mom like she does, that is not what God-led, Holy Spirit-led families do. And it's I would a, say sometimes people even look at us and they say, oh, I wish I had a family like you. I wish I had a marriage like you. Don't do that. Don't do that because we are not perfect. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not. Amen. And so whether it's us or someone on social media, because how many know what you're putting on social media, most of it ain't even true. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Putting the perfect self. Look we at our shocked family. some of y'all. We're all awesome. Yeah. I think there should be a thing, hashtag Truth Tuesday, all right? Just Truth Tuesday, where we just put it out there. This is what's going on. Just yelling at each other okay. and all that kind of okay. stuff. All right, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, no, I, I was done. I mean, you have to figure out what. Well, I think what Kristen said about our goal, about our goal not being to be like somebody else. What? I think you're, you're no, it's okay. What? Nothing. Go ahead. 
Do we want to have one of those I, truth moments I think right he's, here yeah. right now? Is that what it is? He likes to summarize it because I don't always say things right. So no, he wants no, to make sure y'all right. understand your way, okay? That's right. But, you know, there's a lot of women out there that think like me. Are y'all scared I said that? Oh, no. <laughs> can I? Can I, I, t- I love what Kristen said, though, about cookie cutter. That's a big deal. Yeah. You got to find out what God wants for your family. Well, your family is supposed to feel like what it's... Matter of fact, write this down. Our goal should not be to have good families. You ever heard that? That's a good family right there. Our goal should be to have godly families. That's a big difference. Amen? Amen. That's a good family. Why? They do good things. They got good kids. But I'll tell you right now, a lot of times good kids don't change the world. Godly kids change the world. Good marriages don't don't aren't great examples. Godly marriages are great examples. So how do we do that? Here's how we do it. One word, and I want you to write this word down and underline it a couple of times. It's called priority. Priority. Uh-oh. Priority. Uh, Jordan, uh, dear, dear, dear friend of ours and a, a part of our church, uh, we were talking not long ago, and, and Jordan made a statement. He had been, he had been reading a book. And in this book, it said this, the word priority wasn't introduced into the English language until the 1400s. So there was not even a word for for priority. More importantly, it was not made plural until the early 1900s. So we use the word priorities. What are your priorities? That, That is completely opposite. Matter of fact, it defies the definition of the word. Because there can really only be one most important thing at a time. Priority, not priorities. Kristen was listening to the radio the other day and heard a, a doctor. They've, just, they've done some study and it, they have now found that it is impossible for the human brain to multitask. It's impossible. Your brain does one thing at a time. Texting, driving, you, you're only doing one thing. I'm going to tell you right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's the same thing with priority. We have to find what that is, put that as number one. That's why a lot of us are stressed out because we're trying to spin so many plates. That's right. God didn't sure. create our bodies to do that. So priority means the right order, and the right order means God has to be first. So number one. Number one. Put God. a big number one on your notes, big old number one, and just put God. Number two. No, not number two. We'll oh. get to that in just a minute. Okay. I'm sorry. I was looking at Danny, and I thought he was writing down a number two. <laughs> Danny, you're throwing me off. <laughs> I'm used to sitting down there. Okay. God. Yeah, let's talk about God first. The, the word says, don't put any other idols before me. How many of you have, you know that? The word says, no idols. You're not to put any other idols in front of me. So whatever, what happens is anything that we put, whatever we put in front of him becomes an idol. We may not think so. Like that sounds really strong, right? When you say that, like I wouldn't intentionally put something else in front of God, but if we do and we do, Mm -hmm. then it becomes an idol. This applies to all of us, wherever we are in the family, whether you're the mother or the father or the child or the grandparents all of us do that. So you may do it with your spouse or with your children, or you may do it with your work. You may do it with your Only friends. one important thing at a time, and it's so easy to just, just to put to that in that spot. Get it all mixed up. So 
I was in a hard season not too long ago in my life, and I was sitting in my kitchen nook, which is where I love to be all the time. I wish I could just sleep there. Um, it's where I read. It's where I do everything. And um, I was comparing myself to other moms and um, definitely comparing myself to other pastor's wives. And I thought I'd learned that lesson, <laughs> but found myself doing that again. And if I could, if I just did it like them or said it like them or looked like that or had it all together like them, I don't have the book, I can't do it like them, you know, um, things would be better. And I remember wishing that I had, how many of you get to a certain place in your life and you go, oh, I really am, oh my gosh, you have those moments, I'm 46 and my kids are 16, and, I mean 15 and 19 and oh, I was supposed to do so much more by now, and oh my gosh, and look at these, this one's preaching, and this kid's doing this, and oh my gosh, I haven't taught them enough scripture, and oh, we were going to, yeah, I, it, it was just one of those moments where I found myself in a panic, and oh, I got to get something right on the chalkboard, you know, I got to, <laughs> when they were little, I used to say, when they were babies, I'd say, have you hidden the, the word of God in your heart, and they'd say yes, and, and it was kind of a cute little thing we did, but you know, that now they're teenagers, and it's like, oh my gosh, what have I done, and I, and so, so, so clearly, like, it was yesterday, I remember the Lord saying, follow after me, just stop chasing them around, Stop chasing them with scripture. Stop trying to say, hey, have you heard? Or, you know, and I'd try to find cool ways to relate it, and they wouldn't know it was Bible, but I was still getting it in their spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, trap them in the car. It's the best time to talk to teenagers. Get them in the car. And um, I just remember the Holy Spirit just saying, you need to follow after me. You do that right. They'll come following. Don't worry about this happens or that happens. It it changed my life. Absolutely. And we know in Matthew, I'm giving all the scripture, Pastor. I'm down with you. <laughs> in Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. Mamas, all these things that we worry about. And I know there's some situations in this room where some of your children are just not in a good place. Um, I know that. And you're praying for them to come back to the Lord. Or fam- there's family in here that... You're praying for them to come back to the Lord. I would encourage you to chase after God. Just do that. Don't worry about living a perfect life. Don't worry about being good enough together. You know, as a pastor's wife, I felt pressure to, oh, if my kids go, you know, sow their wild oats like I did, what's going to happen? Well, what, what, <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? There again, I'm taking it and I'm comparing our family to someone else. And God didn't ask me to do that. He gave me responsibility for my children and I'm supposed to follow after him and he's going to take, so I'm was, not God. That's right. And that, well, I'm not God, right? Yeah. Everybody's look at your neighbor and say, neither are you. So just neither. Uh, that's his, that's his job. That's right. That's his job. And you know what? That's actually his strongest desire is for me to chase after him. He's, he's coming after me. He's going to take care of my kids. And if, if you will, and I think that's good. All you mama say, that's a good word, Pastor Kristen. Come on. We need all your daddies. That's good for us too. Right? So number one, God priority. Number one is God. And the second place, number two, Danny. right next, right next, here we go, Kristen, number two, uh-huh. right number two. next to that, right there, really close, is your spouse. Now, I want you to understand this. This is, we're talking about the way God sees things. We're talking about divine order. This is how it began. Husband, 
Leave your mama, cleave to your wife. Leave and cleave. Leave that, grab this, and hold on. Let me just help you with something, okay? And this is a lesson that Chris and I learned after five years of marriage, all right? And, and after that, I can tell you, it changed the way that we live life. If we are seeking to help fulfill one another's needs, then our needs are taken care of. There's a great book called His Needs, Her Needs. It's an old book. I would recommend you reading it. And we talk about that a lot. Putting your spouse in that place, the second place, nothing else, not my career, not my work, not my passions, not my job. She is second. Right here. This is the one. I have to work on that. What with part? you putting <laughs> just I mean real I'm serious as we were studying through this I was like I put myself first I do I and and I'm going somewhere with this I I get up, up I'm liking the sound of this though oh, no right? I know you are I'm just telling you but sometimes we don't think oh, well I mean I'm a good wife I take care of you but if I get up and I'm worried about oh my gosh I didn't do that I and that's okay. This, is, this message is meant to challenge. Not, we're not looking for perfection. We're all on a journey. We're all, it's a process. You don't um, grow fruit overnight. It takes time. That's right. um, so, uh, but I, re- I thought about that. I thought when I get up worried or when I get up, you know, sad or when I get up whatever, then it's me. All I can see is me and the things that I'm struggling with. And it's the way we are as humans. We mm-hmm. all think about us. Mm-hmm. But that's why... The, that's why Following after Jesus is so important. Will you forsake what you want and you put him first and that spouse second? That means nothing else. And so God, number one, spouse is second. Nothing else come into that place. Listen to me. Parents, not even your children. I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. This is, I wish I would have learned. Chris, I wish we'd have learned this. That when children come along, they have a way of taking over your life. Can I hear an amen, right? They suddenly are ruling your kingdom. As parents, you have to do everything you can to make sure they don't take that second spot. Or that first spot. We see it all the time as pastors. When a new baby comes into their life, many parents put pause on their relationship with one another and pause on their relationship with God. Because a baby takes over your world. And now it's kind of our culture. We take a lot of time. And it, it, we, we don't see parents. Sometimes we won't see parents for a year. They're just gone. Like, because kids impact your church attendance. Can I hear an amen? And I'm like, where? Did y'all move? No, we had a baby. And, and in my mind, I'm like, man, they used to have babies in stagecoaches. You know what I'm saying? Just on, <laughs> on horseback and just, where well, we didn't want the baby to catch anything. Man, just like next to cows and stuff. Yeah, baby's going to be all right, okay? But a baby very easily can take over your world. Your children can take over your world. Come on, parents. Can That's I hear? True. All right? So it is very important that we're making sure that they are not number two and they're not number one. That spouse, that person that God put into your world. I'm going to tell you something else. Your kids don't need to be in that spot. They can't handle the pressure of it. They can't handle the responsibility of it. The greatest thing that, boy, I feel a Pentecostal coming on me right now. The greatest thing that you can do for your children is let them see you put God first. No, baby, 
We're not going to go there today because we decided this is the day that we're going to be at church. Or we're not going to do that because we decided we're going to, we're going to give toward this family. See what I mean? It's like they need to see that. And the second greatest thing they can do is for you to say, not round now, baby. This is mom and daddy time, okay? This is our time. We're doing a date night. You're going to hang out with your babysitter, okay? They're going to cry. They're going to fuss. But they need to see that. It lets them feel safe and secure in the spot that they're supposed to be. Come on. Amen. How many of us with older children are like, they don't really, we don't really have to say that. It's like, spend time with us, please. (laughs) It does change. It changes, doesn't it? (laughs) Okay, so number three in that number third spot is children. Danny, write that down. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) They're supposed to be above. Okay, God. Spouse. Spouse. Children. Children. I like how you did that, like tight, like. Like yeah, that. really close. Yeah. They're, they're supposed to be above our friends. They're supposed to be above our work. And they're supposed to be even above our dreams, the things that we feel in our heart that we're called to do or that we're made to do or that we're supposed to do. And I know that's hard. It's harder with younger children. I definitely remember that those days. I definitely, like it was yesterday. God, I'm old. When we first married, um, when John and I first got married, um, I told him two things. Do you remember that? Oh, I definitely remember that. I waited until, literally waited until after we were married, and we were in the drive-thru at McDonald's after our wedding. After our wedding. She waited, okay? Yeah, I literally, I did. I remember. (laughs) There are two things I will not do. We had dated, so I knew your your, um, your habits. And so... We would go through a drive-thru and... Yeah, but tell them what number one is. Uh, what? what? What's number one? That's what I'm going to say. Okay, I went through ahead. a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah. We'd go through a drive-thru and I would say, after we got married, okay, I will not share my french fries with you. That was number you. one. <laughs> Anymore. Number one. I had shared them. Yeah, I'd shared them the entire time that we dated, which was not a long time, but still, that was... I can't uh, eat one fry. How no. Many can, if you eat one... How many don't do one fry? Raise your hand. You got a, a whole handful. His fingers, like, would come across... <laughs> And we didn't have, we had maybe two pennies, but you know, so it was a lot. We were like, when we got two fries, it felt like we probably shouldn't get two fries. We should just get one and share. And I was doing that for a long time. And then so after we got married, I'm like, okay, two things. That's it. I'm, I'm low maintenance, but get your own fries. <laughs> number two. <laughs> the lion came out. And number two, I will not homeschool our children. Okay. Cause. I had been homeschooled, and I was not a good example of it, all right? Mississippi <laughs> homeschool, all right? Come on now. It's just got a whole connotation uh, to it. So and, yeah, so she said, I'm not going to homeschool. How many of us know that God has a sense of humor? And a yeah. lot of the things that I said I would never do, I found myself doing. So a few years later, we were married and uh, had kids, and we're in an itinerant, like just a traveling ministry. And um, I actually... Um, I felt led. Uh, we were actually, I had two or three different people that did not know me, and we were in Canada one time, um, all over the place. And two or three women came up to me, and I had my boys. Have you ever thought about homeschooling? And I'd been praying about it because I thought, I mean, I'm telling you, all of my people that were in my wedding, all my bridesmaids, they laughed. It's hysterical. No way. No way. You know, people would come. So, okay, I said, yes, God, I'll homeschool. If that's, what, if that's the best thing for our family, I'd seen a lot of people um, walk out on God because their their family was winning the world but losing 
losing the family. You know, just the kids had gotten. So, God, if that's what it takes for our family, they're, they're again, going back to that. Not what everybody else was doing. A lot of people right. told me I was crazy. I was stupid. Evan was in a great school. What are y'all doing? What are you doing? You can't do that. I know, but God said I could. And so I said yes to homeschooling. And so was, funny. I can say that was the... The greatest thing that we did as a family, it was, it was not easy. Kristen, some of you don't know, she's a doctor of pharmacy. And so when we were married, she laid that down to go into ministry. And then just when it was time for her to pick it back up again and begin to, then God began to call her to homeschool. And she laid that down again. And that's what we, we mean when we say your children have to come above your dreams and your desires and your passions and your plans And I know some of you have things that you want to do, but if it's causing you not to provide for your family because you're chasing after your passions and your dreams, that ain't how it works. They have to be right there at the top. And Kristen did that. You know, priority priority means right order, but priority also means right values. Everybody say right values. Can I, can close, I say uh, real quick? Yeah. Can I just say my son graduated from high Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I had him seven years, y'all. When he got that diploma, thank the Lord I didn't ruin him. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he actually made it, you know? So when I thought I couldn't do it, God stepped in, and it actually it was an incredible time. I'm so glad time. you did something you said you wouldn't do. I know. She still won't share a prize. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, so in closing. So everybody say right order. Right order. God... Spouse, children. Everything else, you can figure that out, okay? And then also priority means right values, right values. You hear a lot about family values. We need to have family values. But when I think about that, I want to talk about your family values. What is your family value? What are the things in your life that you have set as our core value? You core values. You probably work at a, a, a company or you, uh, you, we have them at our church that has core values. I want to encourage you to set some for your family. These are our values as a family. This is what we do. This is how we do it. But also, this is what we don't do. We don't do that. Ragsdales don't do that, all right? I'm just going to tell you. If you're going to be a part of this house, this is our culture because culture is made up by values. So make a list. That's a great family dinner to make to make a list. Matter of fact, as we studied this, we got one in college and a, one freshman in college and a freshman in high school, and we're about to sit down and go through these again because every life season, you got to reevaluate them again, right? It's never too late, y'all. Don't let, it, don't let anything make you think, oh, I, I can't do that. I haven't done it yet. And I would just say, remember this. God wants what's best for your family. You don't have to fight for that. Mm-hmm. God is fighting for that. That's right. He wants what's best for your family. So if you feel like you've messed up or, or you've, you've, right. you've gone too far, mm-hmm. remember, God wants what's best for your family. He's fighting for you and your children and for your marriage. And I'm going to say one more thing. Make sure you get rid of an at least mentality. An at least mentality is, well, at least we made it 15 years. Get rid of that. Well, at least our kids aren't doing that. Because when you say that, then what's happening when they're doing that? And then there's that, and then there's that, and it just keeps on going. Or don't say, well, at least we're not them, thank God. You know what I mean? I may have said that before. God wants what's best for you, for your family, for your children. And this happens when we obey His commandments, when we put things in the proper order.
How many have received this word this morning? Come on, do you receive it today?